look, it would never be something that I would have ever pick and I would never want to do anything different. Um, I think the gift of giving my all my sons now a brother or multiple brothers uh, has really been life changing. And it's allowed us to look, you know, in a different direction as life. Um, we will never, you know, I don't want to say we'll never, but uh, some of the things that we would have afforded a, uh, a family of four are not afforded a family of six. We don't sit in the booth. You know, we don't stay in one hotel room. All things that, you know, nobody ever thought of until you had four kids. Um, and I wouldn't change it. Welcome to Waking Up to Life with Rabbi Josh, a podcast built around conversations with people in our community who have found a bit of enlightenment in their lives. While these events may not seem life-changing, I'm hopeful that our conversation will reveal how these times, these experiences have shaped the way my guests see the world. This informal conversation and insights from Jewish tradition, I hope will change your life as well. And if not, it's just 18 minutes with me. So, l'chaim to life. Today, today we welcome Steve Ingber, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit. He's a friend and a community leader, and I'm so glad to have you, Steve, on the show with me. And thanks for having me here today, Josh. So while your job is a Jewish communal leadership position, the story that you're going to share today is actually a very personal one. We've talked a little bit about it, and uh, as a father of four, there was a moment in your life when you sort of woke up and understood the world differently. So uh, I hope you'll share a little of that story with our listeners. Absolutely. And again, thanks for having me this morning. You know, uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, man plans and God laughs. And what I say that is, I was sort of comfortable having two kids. My wife sort of wanted three. And so, you know, I wasn't against it. I said, okay, <clears throat> let's do it. And God wanted us to have four. And so there we go. Um, uh, you know, without getting into too much detail, you know, things you'll never forget, the color of the wall, what you're wearing is when your fertility doctor says, well, isn't this interesting? And lo and behold, my life was changed for forever. And we went from having two kids to knowing that we were gonna be having four kids which for those of you who are always interested in a sports reference, it's no more man-on-man. -man. Now it's zone defense, keeping everything in front of you. And look, it would never be something that I would have ever picked, and I would never want to do anything different. Um, I think the gift of giving my all my sons now a brother or multiple brothers uh, has really been life-changing, and it's allowed us to look you know, in a different direction as life. Um, we will never you know, I don't want to say we'll never, but uh, some of the things that we would have afforded a, uh, a family of four are not afforded a family of six. We don't sit in a booth. You know, we don't stay in one hotel room. All things that, you know, nobody ever thought of until you had four kids. Um, and I wouldn't change it for anything. So I, it's interesting to hear you talk and, and using your sports references, you actually field now a full basketball team of boys in your house. So I'm just interested, what was your actual reaction in the moment when the fertility doctor gave you that news? Um, well, first of all, uh, I can't say that, but it would be, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Let's go with, oh, crap. And then it was, wow, is this really happening? 
And then, uh, then it was more of an apology because as my wife was looking for some comfort, I probably needed, and I'm very stoked, needed some time to uh, come around to this. And I think she was looking for more of a excitement from me and I was more sort of still processing it. So then I had to tell her, no, I was very excited. This is great news. Um, but I, it took me a while to sort of realize what we were dealing with. So fast forward, the boys, the youngest boys are now how old? Uh, they're eight. We it's they're 13, 10, and, and twin eight-year-olds. So we at one point in time had five under five. So at what Four point in five. that story? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, actually, you just behave under five, right? So you, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Four under five plus me, right? Yes. Uh, at what point in that story did things go from shock and awe to really seeing the world differently? and understanding your role as a father and as a husband in a new way? You know, uh, it was a high-risk pregnancy, and my wife uh, spent the last two months of the, of the pregnancy in the hospital, uh, at which point in time we were building a house, um, and I was at home working with two. And then when the twins came, they spent some time in the NICU, and it was when we left the NICU that it really hit me that this is truly a blessing because there are so many parents that were in the NICU before we were there and we're going to be there after. And yes, we all have, you know, uh, trials and tribulations and things that go wrong in our lives, but there's always somebody worse and you really need to learn to look at the uh, positives from this. And this it's only positives and really uh, again, wasn't what I was planning and wouldn't change it. And I think realizing how blessed I am to have four healthy young boys um, uh, it's, and it's just, I mean, my life is busy, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And it was that time of wa watching my wife take both of them out of the NICU for the last time. Um, cause one left early and came back and forth. Uh, but when they both left, it was, wow, we are truly blessed and we have a big, big family. So you referenced it earlier. You're playing zone defense now mm -hmm. as parents, but I would argue that as a leader in our Detroit Jewish community, playing zone defense is also a great analogy for the way you serve as a professional. So talk a little bit about that. What, how has this family lesson affected the way that you've chosen to lead this community? You know, I think um, it's shown me that, you know, again, there are so many things going on in the world and it's finding the good and accentuating the good while trying to fix, you know, the, the, the not so good, um, you know, and it's also realizing that when things don't go your way, doesn't necessarily mean it's not for the better. Um, you know, there's a Garth Brooks song, or I think it was Garth Brooks, you know, one of God's uh, greatest gift is unanswered prayers. And not that I was ever against having four kids, but it wasn't on my radar. Um, and now look what it's brought me. And really that sort of, um, lyric I think really frames um what I'm giving so when when something doesn't work out the way that you thought or the way that you planned or the way that you wanted um doesn't mean it's not for a higher cause and let's just see where you know life takes you and really I think you know when you can look back at it it's easy to say looking back at it but when you're dealing with something um it's a little bit harder but that's how, sort of how I always like to look at it and we're experiencing that right now in the world with the war raging across the universe from us. Mm -hmm. We in Detroit respond and find ways to make 
good out of a terrible situation. I, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what the Jewish community is doing now here in Detroit and around the world. Sure. So obviously the war in Ukraine is very upsetting to all of us. There are what we believe an estimated about 200,000 Jews who were living in Ukraine up until February 24th. Many have begun to flee either eastward or straight outside the country. Some make going as far as making Aliyah. Uh, the Jewish community in Detroit, as of this recording, has raised over $4 million that has gone to help um, the Jews and people in Ukraine and surrounding areas. And it really goes to show you that while there is bad in the world and you know nobody wants what's happening, to see our community, local community, stepping up for people that they've never met, will never meet, and you know won't affect their daily life, but saying, you know, Hineni, here I am, and standing up as Jews and, and being for all, all Jews, uh, no matter where they are. And I really am super proud to lead what we've done in our community so far. I cannot help but be reminded of one of my favorite rabbinic teachings, Kol Yisrael Aravim Zelazeh. We all, all of Israel is responsible, all of the Jewish people are responsible for everyone else in our community. And you are living that out in your professional life right now, bringing that kind of aid to people who need it. I'm wondering, have you started thinking or have we started thinking as a community about what is next? And, and is there a plan being developed to take care of refugees around the world and here in our own community? So yes, we have. Um, but the biggest unknown is what is that? When is it and what is it? You know, Are all these refugees who are currently living in Moldova or Romania or Germany or wherever going to go back to Ukraine? Will there be anything to go back to? Will they all emigrate to Israel? Will they you know, try and just find another place in Europe. And also what's not being talked about is the Jews that are left in Russia. Currently the ruble is through the floor and uh, those who are living comfortably are no longer. And so we'll also have to do something for the Jews there. There's roughly, again, a couple hundred thousand Jews still living in Russia um, and, and even some in Belarus. And what does that mean for uh, the Jews? And again, like you said, better than I can is we're all responsible for this. So, you know, that's what I pride our federation on doing. And we learned this during COVID. While we may not know what's coming next, we know we will be ready. And that's the beauty of having a strong Jewish community and a strong federation. I don't want to see a sales pitch, but it's because we were in Ukraine, not only last month, six months, last year, 10 years ago, the Jews in Detroit have been taking care of Jews in Kiev for the last 25 years. We run a special program with the JDC and bringing, um, much needed aid to Holocaust survivors in Kiev. So when it came time to switch to help all Jews, we were simply ready to do that. And we had people there on, on the ground. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm okay with the shameless plug for Federation. I sit on the uh, partnership region committee and the communities of our region and Central Galilee also have a large population of uh, Russian immigrants to Israel. And the work the Federation has been doing there has been supporting this community and building relationships so that the work that we need to do now is easier and will be easier in the future. And I, I know that's important to you and, and to our entire community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and ask, actually right now, some of the Ukrainian refugees are being housed in a hotel in our partnership region uh, until we can figure out, you know, sort of permanent housing. But 
again, when you say, you know, how are we planning going forward? Is this another week, another day, another year? I don't know. And that's really making this whole thing a little bit harder to deal with. So I want to draw the two subjects together a little bit. You, you talked about this enlightenment moment when you realized you were going to be the father of four and how it changed your outlook on the world. I'm interested, you've been in your current position for just a short time. What is the perhaps one of the most important lessons that you've learned from the work that you're doing as the CEO of Federation? Uh, again, that um, it's finding sort of the blessing in, in, in life. And, you know, um, you know, while I say it was an aha moment going from two to four kids or realizing that we we're going to have two more as the moment is, like that was a blessing. There was no downside about it. It just wasn't, it was like, whoa, it was really a aha moment. And I think as I do things in Federation here, it's really, you know, it's how can we have everything be good? You know, how can we find the good in everything and continue to move forward? And I think it's so important that we really always, and I've had this all my life and I've learned from my father and my grandfather to always have a positive attitude. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in, you don't get to play the, you know, you don't get to pick the cards you're dealt, but you get to play them and it's how you play them. And I think that's it. And it's standing up and saying, you know, here's what I'm going to do. And here's how I'm going to make the world a better place today. And I can tell you that my four kids, I have such pride in that they are making the world a better place. Um, just today, one of my children has announced that he's raised over $1,500 to send to Jews in Ukraine uh, by making a keychain on a 3D printer that he got um, a couple months back. And so really it's, you know, it's leading by example and showing them, you know, we're here not just for your brothers and not just for your parents, but for, like you said, Kol Yisrael, all the Jews and all of the world for that matter. And uh, the fact that we're living and doing it is, gives me such a sense of pride. It's amazing. First of all, congratulations to him. That's an amazing story. As I was listening to you talk, something occurred to me. Your career has been one that has shifted and changed over time. You went from the business world to the nonprofit world. Uh, you're, you're talking about being able as a Jewish community to shift and change and to evolve. That is such an important lesson that really everybody can take away from. We have to be open and willing to see new opportunities take the risks that are associated with them. And, but also it's the most important thing you've shared, see the blessings once you've taken those momentary changes in life. And it's even more knowing that the blessing is coming. Uh, look, I can tell you honestly, for between me, you and whoever else hears this podcast, six or seven years ago, I never thought me and you would be having this discussion. Uh, I was in the for-profit world. I was doing just great. Life was great. You know, things happen. And at the time, they're very disruptive, um, good, bad, or indifferent. But then it's, you know, where you go from there. And I tell people this all the time. This is the best job I never knew I wanted. And I'm loving what I'm doing. And this was never on my radar. Um, I mean, I had to make a resume to even be accepted to apply for this job. I had always worked for myself, so I never even had one. And really, it just goes to show you that um, good is everywhere. And it's you've got to find it. And while, you know, People have bumbles and steps and, and trips and such. It's, you know, we're a community and we'll get through this and you'll get through this. Whatever the problem that is arising, tomorrow is a new day. And that's the way you got to look at it. And it's a good day. 
and we spoke about this uh, privately, I feel really blessed to have you now as a community leader, but also as a friend. And uh, that's something, again, that would have possibly never happened were right. not for the changes that we accept in our lives. And Detroit is truly lucky. Our Detroit Jewish community is truly blessed to have you as our leader, one of our leaders, and a partner uh, through Federation synagogue relationships, Federation agency relationships. You are really making us proud every single day. Thank you. And I think, look, the most important word you, you, you meant there was partner. Uh, I believe that's Federation's role. People say, well, what does Federation do? And the 18-minute podcast wouldn't be enough time to do that. But what I like to say in 30 seconds or less is that we're here to make sure that every other Jewish nonprofit, synagogue, temple, uh, uh, agency or non-agency is here to do good because people need help and they don't care how it's funded or who put it together or who's on what board. And so my goal is to make sure that every one of these organizations is here to be able to do what we need to do when we need to do it. Amazing. Amazing. So we're coming towards the end of the podcast and there is something that I've asked each of my guests to share in these closing moments. Uh, it has to do with a nothing about what we've talked about already. It's a personal question to you, but is there something right now that you are reading or watching or have seen uh, on Netflix that has really changed your outlook and maybe you could recommend to all of the people listening? You know, that's interesting. Uh, I would never want to comment on what I watch because it's pretty crappy television. I mean, let's be honest, you know, that's, I get very little time to sort of decompress and I go to places that probably I'm embarrassed to publicly admit. Uh, I watch. Well, and offline, we can talk about what your guilty pleasure television is. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually falling asleep while my wife picks some sort of reality show that really is just, yeah. Um, you know, actually, I'm going to go with a book I read uh, over the summer and it was Noah Tishby's book on Israel. Um, and I think it's because for the first time um, that I can remember, it brought Israel, I don't want to say to the masses, but it broke it down to a really, you know, not a intellectual debate about Israel. There's many things about Israel, and I, it's not enough time in this podcast again, but I think breaking it down and sort of reading it just at a low level is really important and not going to all the historical and this, and this is why I believe this, and really reading it from a different perspective, um, I think was really enlightening. And it really, uh, I, I, I would recommend that everybody read it. It's an easy read. It's a quick read. It's a fun read. And it really, um, I want to say changed my outlook, but it allowed me to really talk openly and freely about the issues in Israel. A hundred percent. I could not agree with you more. It's a great book. And uh, I'll, I'll plug that on May 15th of this year, Noah Tishby is coming here to Temple Israel where she will share some of the insights from her book as a, a major speaker in our TI for Israel programming. So a great recommendation. And uh, I'm glad you read the book and actually glad that you've shared that with, with everybody today. Mm -hmm. So here we are, we've arrived at the end of our podcast. Thank you again, Steve Ingber, the CEO of the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit for being on the show. Uh, I hope everybody listened today and heard something that will help you to wake up to life. Uh, if not, you didn't take too much time with us today, but I hope it has made a difference. We're excited to see you on future episodes. Again, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Steve.
And, and thank you, Rabbi. And more importantly, I want to do a shameless plug. Thank you to my wife who puts up with her five kids as she likes to refer to them. And she's really the one that makes this all happen. Spectacular. Have a great day. Wake up to life, everybody. 